think that I have, I, I definitely treat everybody as an individual um, because the same thing, you know, with figuring out the horses, you've got to figure out your riders, right? You have to see what, what they need. And, um, you know, I need to see where they're at and kind of meet them there and, and try and, and push them. Um, a little out of their comfort zone so that you can challenge them and, and get them um, to improve and, and mm-hmm. leave, a les- leave, leave the lesson feeling like, you know, they, they've got some homework and homework to do and making them feel confident. I think that um, confidence is a huge, huge um, component that they've, you, you, you've got to feel confident, don't you, to feel like you can go and and do something right and you know and I think I'm very um I try and be very positive and I definitely uh work a lot on the basics you know making sure that that they can get the horse in front of their leg and use their legs and not always going to their hands so I just um you know I just have a lot of different exercises that you know test that Welcome to the Practical Horseman podcast, featuring conversations with respected riders, industry leaders, and horse care experts. The show is co-hosted by Practical Horseman editors, and our goal is to inform, educate, and inspire. I'm Julia Murphy, and this week's episode is with Practical Horseman's Trainer of the Year, Clarissa Wilmerding. Clarissa was named the 2022 Practical Horseman Trainer of the Year in recognition for her outstanding contributions to the equine industry as a trainer and coach. The Trainer of the Year Award was created as a way to honor the unsung heroes of our sport, trainers who work tirelessly to improve the education of both riders and horses, with a special commemorative gift provided by Cosequin Joint Health Supplements. Clarissa's students nominated her for the award by first writing an essay describing why she deserved to be named Practical Horseman's Trainer of the Year. From the essays, 10 semifinalists were chosen to submit a short video highlighting their nominated trainer. In the video, one student of Clarissa's said, I have known Clarissa for 20 years now. I started riding with her when I was seven or eight years old. I mean, forget trainer of the year. She's been the trainer of my life. Clarissa, also known as Chizzy, runs her training business, Wilmerding Equestrian, focusing on horses and riders of all abilities in Califon, New Jersey. She's also the head trainer at Jenny and Greg Morris's Hunts and Farm in Gladstone, New Jersey, and Ocala, Florida. She grew up in Mendham, New Jersey, where she fostered her love of horses through the Somerset Hills Pony Club and the Essex Foxhounds. Clarissa gained experience during seven years in England as head groom for acclaimed British eventer Jane Holderness Rodham, who had given clinics at Wilmerding's Pony Club. Holderness Rodham won an Olympic team gold medal in eventing in 1978, won the Badminton Horse Trials twice in 1968 and 1978, and the Burley Horse Trials in 1976. In England, Wilmerding rode in her first advanced competition and she soon discovered a passion for breeding and producing young horses. When she returned to the States, people were coming for riding lessons in addition to bringing horses for training. Soon after, Clarissa's business took off and she dedicated herself to the job. This week's episode is brought to you by Cosequin Equine. Before we dive into the conversation, I'd like to tell you about Cosequin ASU Pellets. 
the joint health supplement veterinarians and champions choose when performance matters. The ingredients have been shown in cell culture studies to be more effective in reducing the breakdown of cartilage than glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate alone. They even come in a tasty pellet preferred by horses and horse owners. Learn more at cosequinequine.com. Now enjoy the episode with Clarissa. Thank you again for getting on and having this chat with me. Congratulations about being selected as Practical Horseman's Trainer of the Year. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me. And it was such an honor to even get this award. Yeah, it was very am- amazing that your students selected you for this and sent you in as a nominee. I can imagine that you feel very special that they did that. Oh, uh, I do. I do. I have a very loyal group of students who are very committed and, and it's fun. It's fun. We all, you know, it, it's, it's a team, right? <laughs> It's a relationship. It's um, so it is. It is fun. But I was um, I was very honored. And um, so I'm going to ask you just a couple questions um, so that I can get to know you, and that so our listeners can get to know you. And my first one is just plain and simply, how did you get interested in horses and riding to begin with? Well, I grew up on a farm. Um, I was one of five siblings, and um, you know, we had sheep and pigs and chickens and, um, you know, there was always a pony there to ride. We had donkeys. My mom had a horse that she would ride. Um, so it was, it was, you know, I was very lucky that it was available to me. Um, but it was always fun. Um, it was never anything very serious, you know, it wasn't, you know, lessons every day and going to shows and, um, it was, it was fun on the farm, you know, riding bareback, trail riding. I mean, yes, we would have lessons every week or, you know, maybe not every week, but, you know, we would have lessons, um, but, uh, you know, so that we were safe, but, um, but yeah, it was always, it was always meant to be fun. Um, and we would, you know, we would take care of our ponies. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of it was horsemanship as well, right? It wasn't just being yeah, handed, the, hand, handed the pony and um, off you go, you know. I think right. as much, so much of it was also, you know, grooming the pony and bathing it and, you know. So it was everything. It was everything. And when in your career did you decide to become a trainer? What helped make that decision? Well, I didn't really plan on taking that route um, as being, you know, solely a a trainer. I, um, you know, I was lucky enough that through, you know, I did sports in in school and high school and college, but I was lucky enough to always uh, be able to continue my riding. Um, And I and I competed a little bit. I was very involved in in pony club. Um, but, oh, yeah. uh, I, um, I, which was so much fun. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm still very involved in pony club now, but I, um, you know, and so when I was younger, even in pony club, you know, you would teach, you would teach as well. Like you would teach the younger kids. Um, and then, um, 
you know, I, I went and I got my master's in early education and I actually taught in school for a couple of years and I still had a horse that I would ride um, and, and do some competing on. And then I went and I and I went to England for a couple of years and I did, you know, I competed there as well. And I and I also the woman that I worked for, Jane Holderness Rodham, she, um, you know, got me involved in teaching in some local pony clubs there in England. So I, I you know, did some teaching and I actually I had some kids that would trailer in and come to the farm for lessons. But I was still competing to a high level there. And then when I came back to the States, um, I um, actually did some homeschooling for some friends and their kids. Um, and I and I actually brought a horse home from England with me that I produced. And, um, and then I stopped the homeschooling because my riding then just started to take over and my business that I started, um, I took in courses in on training um, and started to teach people that just some people just wanted to learn how to ride some just wanted to become safer riders some wanted to compete I really would take anybody in that wanted to be taught um and again I started right. teaching with I again I started teaching with the with the pony club and became involved um with them that way but I was still competing um and but I did both which which is hard, right? It's hard to be focused on your riding yeah. and your compete and your competing and um, you know, have the time to um give to your students. And I and I and I found that hard because I would I was always concerned with, oh my gosh, their dressage is at nine thirty seven, my dressage is at ten fifteen. How am I gonna you know, work it yeah. so that I'm, you know, I was always very conscientious that I always wanted to be there for them, you know, especially mm -hmm. if they, if they asked me, um, you know, obviously there were times that I couldn't, um, but, uh, you know, there were the beginners and the amateurs that it was important that they did have somebody there to, to help them. So that was, um, uh, and then, and then I would like with my competing, I, I would try to split it up that, okay, I will go competing this week and this weekend I will help my students. And then, um, right. my, my horses, I mean, right now I'm, I'm at a position that I can help them whenever and wherever, because I do not have a horse that I'm competing. So I am more really available now more than, more than ever. But when I, when I was compete, when I was competing, um, you know, it was, it was, uh, more, more challenging, but, um, it just sort of, it evolved, it really evolved, yeah. uh, um, you know, the teaching, the teaching definitely started to take over as, you know, one of my horses was getting older and then I was producing a younger horse and it just really the 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 teaching really did evolve but i love it i mean i really i really do i really do enjoy it so i guess it was the right path to take <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think your relationship with your students is like what what um like ages do you teach do you teach anybody beginners experienced so tell us a little bit about your students i have a wide range of um of students. I, um, I teach, um, 
beginners all the way through advanced riders. I teach, um, you know, I'll, I'll start out, you know, in, in pony club, I'll teach the up down kids and some of them continue to come to me for lessons outside of pony club. But my, um, but my group of students that I have, um, I guess the youngest now is seven or eight and my oldest student is probably in their seventies. Um, you know, and not, oh, that's not, amazing. Yeah. Not, not everybody, not everybody wants to compete. Um, you know, some of my students just want to feel really safe out fox hunting. I have a lot of fox hunters yeah, yeah. that I have a lot of fox hunters that come to me and they just want to make sure that their horse is going to be, um, you know, schooled enough in the ring and out in the field so that when they're out fox hunting, they, they can be in control and that they're going to be safe and they're going to be well balanced over a jump and be able to control their horse. Um, but I, I do have a lot of eventers that, um, you know, they take their dressage, show jumping, cross country lessons. We go to local dressage shows. We go to jumper shows. Um, and we do go to events, but then I do have, you know, I just got back from teaching a family of, 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 uh, three and the mother rides with their, with her, you know, 12 year old son and 10 year old daughter. And that's great. I got, I got to the lesson and I'm like, so what are we working on today? And one of them says, I'm going to jump. And the mother's like, well, I, I want to start to jump again. And the son is like, I'm just going to, I just want to do dressage. And I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, um, I'll, uh, I will teach anybody that wants to you learn. You do it all. I'll yeah, you do it all. Anybody that wants to learn. I mean, my background really was, <laughs> you know, in, in eventing. So I, um, you know, with the dressage, show jumping and and cross country. And then I did go and do just pure um, show jumping. I had a little mare that, you know, I took her through intermediate and she was just such a careful jumper. I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I want to try the jumpers. And so I did, I did, I did the jumpers with her and I, I loved it. Um, and, you know, even, you know, training at the advanced level, you'd still, you know, I'd have my, my, um, dressage coach and I'd go and take my dressage lessons and I mean I also I love I love taking lessons myself so um you know continue educating myself and making sure that I stay on top of stay on top of things and um to touch on like you said obviously your your focus is mostly eventing now but and you said you so you grew up on a farm how did you get into eventing to begin with um i think mostly through it was really through pony club i mean um right it's really through pony club that that that's how we were introduced to eventing because you would you know you'd go through your ratings and then you'd be put on a team and um and so we were always, you know, on the eventing team. Um, and I think because, you know, we did a lot of trail riding and fox hunting, I think, you know, we thought that the, or I thought that the cross country was fun. So that's why I was gravitated towards the eventing. And what has 
kept you doing eventing for so long? Like, what is it about eventing that you love so much? Is it the cross country or is it something else or all of it all together? Um, you know, I think I just love, I love the process of producing horses. I've, I've never been handed a made horse. I've always, um, I've always bought young horses and produced them myself. And I, um, I just, I love bringing them along. I love, I just love the process of getting to know them. They're all so different, you know, not one horse is like, like the next. So it's really, um, yeah, it's it's figuring them out and seeing what makes them tick. And um, I guess I just really, I really enjoy bringing them on and, um, and you learn so much, right? You just, I'm constantly learning even now, you know, even being in it for so long, I'm working on somebody's young horse, young horse right now. And, um, you know, she's the learning never stops with riding. It it really, it really doesn't. I mean, this horse, this horse came over, um, from Bogota, Colombia, and she came, I I go to Ocala in in the winter and she came to me, um, and she, you know, she's a young horse and, she was she needed some special attention and i and i did a lot of um natural horsemanship things with her i mean i went and and mm-hmm. and i have ba- i have basic knowledge in that area but i i knew she needed um she needed to to do that for a while um she had absolutely no boundaries and we needed to um do some groundwork with her before we, I mean, she was broke and she was ridden, but she, she needed some help that way. And so, you know, yeah. that's been really, that's been really fun with her. And it's just helped tremendously with her, with her riding. Um, so I guess it's really to answer your question, just the process and the relationship with the horse, um, you know, mm-hmm. getting to know their, their, their little quirks and their personalities and, and bringing them on and figuring them out, you know, they're not going to all be event horses. They're not going to all be, right. You know, maybe you had the intention that, oh my gosh, this one looks like such a talent. He's going to be a jumper and he ends up being a dressage horse or so. Um, right. Really the process. Mm-hmm. And to get into your training a little bit, um, can you tell us what you believe your training philosophy is? Um, well, I think that I have, I I definitely treat everybody as an individual, um, because the same thing, you know, with figuring out the horses, you've got to figure out your riders, right? You have to see what, what they need. And, um, you know, I need to see where they're at and kind of meet them there and, and try and, and push them, um, a little out of their comfort zone so that you can challenge them and, and get them um, to improve and, and mm-hmm. leave a less, leave, leave the lesson feeling like, you know, they, they've got some homework and homework to do and, um, and making them feel confident. I think that um, confidence is a huge, huge um, component um, that they've, you, you, you've got to feel confident don't you to 
feel like you can Absolutely. go and and do something right and you know and I think I'm very um I try and be very positive and I definitely uh work a lot on the basics you know making sure that um they that they've got the basics that they can get the horse in front of their leg and use their legs and not always going to their hands so I just um you know I just have a lot of different exercises that, you know, test that. On the topic of exercises, do you have any favorite exercises or type of work that you really think is important? And can you describe it a little bit? Well, obviously, you know, with, with teaching um, uh, a variety of uh, students at different levels, I can't, um, and I don't always go to one exercise, but um, I guess for my um, more intermediate riders, I love this exercise. Um, it's basically a big turn on the forehand, but I call it the clock exercise where the horse, I think um, the horse is the hand of the clock and you're pushing them um, off the inside leg, off your inside leg into your outside hand. And it just really gets the horses to move, move away off your inside leg. And it gets the riders to feel that outside rein. Um, but, uh, you know, for maybe the more novice riders, just basic um, transitions, getting the horses to walk to trot, trot to walk, trot to canter, canter to trot, and get them to be, you know, bright off your leg and move off your leg. Um, instead of finding halfway through the lesson that the horse isn't off your leg. <laughs> um, so I, I do think that that is one thing I, I always make sure is that the ponies or the horses are in front of their leg um, and off their aids. Um, I do, I do also pay great attention to the rider's position because um, that's obviously very influential in, in how the horses go. Um, and I, I do pay attention, especially for the jumping, that the quality of the canter. I work a lot at the canter, mm -hmm. um, making sure it's a good, true 12-foot step um, and also working, working within the gates, you know, a slow trot to a big trot, a slow canter, big mm -hmm. canter, um, that the horses are, that they're, they're rideable, that they're adjustable. Um, right. So when you are teaching students, do you ever find that there's maybe one key thing that a lot of your students need to be working on? Probably the one thing it's kind of everybody's thing right it's everybody loves to go to their hands um, mm -hmm. first instead of uh, working more from their seat and their legs so that always seems to be something that um, I feel is a big thing that um, we all work on is making sure that you're not restricting them too much with your hand and stopping them too much with your hand, right? It's a big thing to, um, to, to, to work on the rider's feel um, and teaching feel is always, is always a hard thing. That's why it's fun working with these, working with younger kids, right? They just naturally have um, 
they seem to naturally have a good feel because um, they don't really have any old bad habits, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So I think uh, maybe one one theme might be, you know, the hands, trying to have softer hands, and teaching how to use one's leg and seat. And going back a little bit to your training philosophy, this is a little related to it, but how would you describe your teaching style when you're with students? Well, I think that I um, I do, you know, in the beginning of the year, I always ask my students, um, you know, what their goals are for the year so that we're kind of on the same page and we, we um, we know we're we're gonna you know kind of work towards. I mean, maybe they just want to be able to get out of the ring in six months' time and be able to ride in an open field. Maybe they want to move from beginner novice and do their first novice, or or get to championships, or you know maybe they. So I um, I feel like I uh, have good conversations with my students. Um, and I and I and I bring that into you know every lesson, so that you know we're clear on um, we're clear on where where they want to go. Um, right. Maybe maybe they maybe they come to me and they're you know I'll, I'll say well how was it last week or I haven't seen you for two weeks what have you been working on and they'll you know, say, oh, it was a great lesson, you know, whenever, but now I'm having trouble with this. So, you know, we'll go right. and work on, on what they're having trouble with, or maybe we'll be continuing to work on the lead changes or, um, so I think that I like to think that um, I have an open dialogue with my students and that, mm -hmm. um, that they feel comfortable talking to me about, you know, what they're working on or maybe what they feel they need to work on. And maybe I'll agree that, yes, we should go down that path or but now, wait a minute, you first need to be working on this before we go and work mm -hmm. on, you know, what they think they might want to go and right. work on. Yeah. Um, yeah and, and I just, I, you know, I, I keep it, I keep it all very real, but I do think that I'm very positive with them and um and work on their confidence and also you know their horse right it's it's working on both of them <laughs> yeah absolutely and going into competing a little bit um so when you are off to shows with your students um you know in this sport of course with horses it's everything is unpredictable. Um, you know, things don't always go to plan and, um, you know, maybe we don't win as much as we might like. So how do you coach your students through maybe, um, an experience that they had one goal in mind, but they didn't necessarily reach it or a similar, um, circumstance like that? Yeah. I mean, it is hard, right? Like, Things happen. You get eliminated in a show jumping. You jump out of the dressage ring. You get, you know, don't get past fence five in cross country. Um, so again, you just, you know, talk through it and where did it go wrong and go back to the drawing board. Like it's totally fine. Like maybe you need to go back 
and go back down a level like or let's just go back home and start practicing more ditches um so i think that it's um it's just having a conversation and talking it through and going back to plan b if plan a didn't work then let's go back and maybe we need to go to more dressage shows and you know it's it's okay to go and take a step back and go and work on that. Or, you know what, maybe you were just having a bad day. Maybe the horse was having a bad day. Um, and it's okay. It's not the mm -hmm. end of the world. I mean, you know, I think that having competed myself and I've had those bad days, it's, it's happened to me as well. So I totally, you know, I yeah. understand. I understand. I mean, sometimes I know that, you know, I see that, we work so hard on dressage and we go in the dressage ring and, you know, yeah, you want it to all go and be perfect because it was so good in the warm up and that's all we've been working on. And then it just blows apart and it's like, oh gosh, you know, and you can just see the disappointment. <laughs> you can see the disappointment, yeah. right? In their eye, they yeah. walk out of the ring and it's just like, you know what? You can't say anything. Just sometimes you just both, you know, walk away, you walk back to the trailer and then you can have the conversation then, you know, or some riders I know that, you know what, I'm just going to walk away and I'll be back in 15 minutes <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, we can talk about it. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, I think having competed myself and listen, everything went wrong that could have gone wrong with me. So, you know, I've experienced it. So I know exactly how they are all feeling, you know, mm -hmm. when and if, when and if it happens to them so um it happens to everyone it happens to everybody and you know what at the, at the time we think it's the end of the world and then yeah. you know you, you take a deep breath you walk away from it and and it is it's so disappointing you know you've put all this time all this money into it and then it all falls apart so when it all goes well it's so exciting <laughs> always and um, do you, when you're at shows, you know, riders, I think everybody deals with nerves, whether it be a, just a little bit or a lot. So it, with you're dealing with a student that gets nervous at competitions, how do you help them handle that? I think that I try to um, have a plan so that, like, if I know that somebody's particularly nervous for their show jumping, then I, I make sure that, you know, we've walked the course and that their warm up is going to be very similar to a warm up that we usually have at home so that nothing changes so that they, you know, we can make it seem as normal as possible. Um, and just feel as prepared as they possibly can. Right. And, um, and yet it's knowing the personalities, right? It's knowing that, okay, I know so-and-so gets really nervous in their cross country warm up. I know so-and-so needs more, more time and more help with their dressage warm up. So um, I think it's, it's, you know, I know one person the other day we talked about, okay, what exactly they need to do in their warm up, And then that'll just keep them focused, right? So that they really don't, don't right. have time to time to kind of go and think about their their mm -hmm. show nerves. Um, so I think it just it does help making sure that you know uh, they're as prepared as possible, right? And that they 
that we have a plan when we get to the show, when, when they're going to do the course walks, when, with, when they're going to start with their dressage warm up, um, so that there aren't many surprises. And would you say that you and your students have any kind of routine before competitions to get everybody in the, the showing mindset and get everybody prepared? Oh, you know, I think everybody, I think everybody's different. Um, and I usually, I mean, I now know what people need, but I also do ask them, okay, what are you, what's going to make you feel most prepared for your event on Saturday? What do you feel, what do you feel you need to do to feel like you're going to be a hundred percent ready for the event, you know, next weekend? And um, you know, if they say, well, I want three dressage lessons, I'll be like, no, we need to do your jumping. But, you know, I, I want to make sure that they, <laughs> they, and, you know, cause listen, I'm not the one on the horse out there riding, right. They've got to go in there feeling a hundred percent prepared. So, um, I see what they feel they need and then, you know, I'll tailor it to that, you know, if they, uh, are forgetting that, you know, we had ditch problems last week. I'll, I'll do a little right. happy a happy little happy reminder that it wouldn't be a bad idea to just do one more cross country school <laughs> early this early this week just to um, fine tune that. Um, mm -hmm. So when you were coming up in your career and you had trainers, is there anything that you may have taken away from your coaches growing up that you use with your students? Well, when I, when I trained in England, um, we did, um, we did a lot of hacking, um, a lot of hacking with the horses. And I mean, we would obviously, you know, school them and have the dressage days and jumping days, but we did, we did do a lot of road work, which, um, I think really kept the horses relaxed and happy and, um, you know, there was certainly was not drilling every single day. And I think that that has, um, that has really always stayed with me that, you know, you do need to make sure that your horse is happy in what he's doing um, and to keep him happy. Um, so I think that's, that's, that is one thing that, um, mm -hmm. That I took away, you know, just one, like many, many, many things I took away, mm -hmm. but that was, that was, always a, a big right a big thing was that um to keep the horses happy and engaged and enjoying what they were doing yeah definitely you want to keep keep their minds fresh just getting them out and change of scenery can totally affect you know how how they are in the ring just getting them doing something different and keeping them happy exactly yeah and, and, and you know and again they are they are all different, right? They're all individuals. So you've got to make sure that you read them and understand them and fig figure figure each of them out, right? And have a plan, you know, just because plan A works with that one, it doesn't mean it's going to work, work with the next one. So you've got to make sure that you read, you can read them well. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Okay, and just um, to wrap up here, do you have anything else that you might like to add that you would like people to know about you or your your teaching or your students or your business or 
just anything you might like to add. I, uh, the name of the name of my business. I remember when um, when I was living in England and I knew that I was going to be coming home and I was talking with a friend about, oh, what am I going to, what am I going to name my business? I guess I'm going to mm. have to have a name. And they're like, well, why don't, how about leg up? And I was like, oh, that's such a good idea because that's basically what I, what I do want to be able to, to do is to give yes. my students, give my students a leg up. Right. Mm -hmm. But no, but thank you. Thank you so much because this is really, um, this is really for all of the trainers out there, Definitely. right? Like it was really, really an honor to be recognized by all my students who think that I am the best, but that was yeah. a great, yeah. a great, a great thing for practical horsemen really to do for, for all the trainers out there. Right. Cause I know that everybody, you know, we all do it because we enjoy it and we love seeing mm -hmm. our students improve and we love seeing our students doing, you know, accomplishing what they want to do. So, um, so thank, thank you all for, for, Absolutely. for having it. I think it's, and it's a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> well, thank you. And you are just so deserving of it. You know, I can uh, tell that you're such a wonderful trainer and it sounds like your students absolutely adore you. So congratulations again for being selected as Practical Horseman's Trainer of the Year. Uh, well, thank you so much. It was a, it was a fun process. Thanks for listening to this week's episode with Clarissa Wilmerding, brought to you by Cosequin Equine. Learn more at CosequinEquine.com. You can subscribe to the Practical Horseman podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Also, tune into our mini-sode series, The Fod Pod, which is released every other Sunday. You'll hear audio lessons from our favorite Practical Horseman on-demand clips. At Practical Horseman On Demand, you can enjoy hundreds of how-to videos and get insider access to exclusive interviews and lectures, slow motion demonstrations, and step-by-step -step tutorials taught by top-level pros in the hunter, jumper, equitation, and eventing disciplines. When you tune into the FOD pod, listen closely for a promo code for 15% off your Practical Horseman On Demand subscription. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. I'm Julia Murphy, and you've been listening to the Practical Horseman Podcast. <laughs>